Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the blackest corners of your mind, they call, pulling you deep into shadow, twisting your senses, keeping you from sleep. It's time to face your darkest fears. This is Tales to Terrify. Good evening, children of the night, and welcome. Kicking off our haunted season, a quick reminder. If you haven't already, check out the Wrong Station podcast's 31 Days of Horror. It started last weekend, and there are some excellent tales in the mix already. It's the perfect way to bring a chill to your soul each day this month and keep you uneasy between episodes of Tales to Terrify. You can find them on your favorite podcatcher or check out wrongstation.com for more details on their show. And if you've already tuned in, I'd love to know what you think so far. We've got some frights of our own to serve up tonight, though. It's why you're here, after all. Best not keep you waiting. We have one tale for you this evening, which comes to us from Frank Orito. Frank Arito is a writer of weird fiction living in the wilds of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. His work has appeared in 
the magazine of fantasy and science fiction, Flame Tree Press, and the year's best hardcore horror, among many others. When not writing, Frank spends his time creating elaborate meals for his wife and ever-hungering children. Children of the Night, join me for Frank Orito's The Worm's Turn, first published in the anthology In Darkness Delight, Creatures of the Night, July 2019. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. He was completely naked. I know he has a privacy fence and it is his property. Still, it was a bit of a shock. After the divorce, Nell had sworn she'd never talk to Ted again. But voicemail doesn't quite count, does it? Except, of course, it did. Ted would listen eventually. Maybe play it for his new girlfriend, Kelly or Carrie, whatever she was called. Get a load of this. The ex has finally gone around the bend. But no one could blame me, Nell thought. You had to call someone when your neighbor turns out to be a monster. And he seemed so nice. 
Mr. Hurrah had stood there, naked as the day he was born. Nell just knew he would glance up at the bathroom window and catch her staring. The thought made her breath catch in her chest, but she couldn't look away. Instead of turning his head, Mr. Hurrah opened his mouth wide and vomited out a shower of worms. The worms, thousands of them, not only came out of Mr. Hurrah, they were Mr. Hurrah. His flesh parted in long, thin tendrils, crawling over each other. Nell stood there a good five minutes, watching what had been her solid-looking neighbor dissolve into a writhing mass. The worms roiled in a low heap under the moonlight and then disappeared into the dark soil. He has the most beautiful plants in his yard, Nell said into the phone. That's why I was looking down over the fence. You know worms are quite good for... You're babbling, Nell, she told herself. The voicemail cut off with a sharp little chirp. Nell hit redial and waited through three rings and Ted saying, We can't come to the phone right now. Was that a woman giggling in the background? When the tone sounded, Nell found she had nothing left to say. Some things she hadn't mentioned, like how she had only just stepped from the shower when she first saw Mr. Hurrah, and how their shared nudity had made her stomach feel full of warm honey. That is, until he'd changed. No, some details you did not share with your ex-husband. But why call Ted at all? She asked herself. Habit? After fifteen years of marriage, it would make sense. But she suspected something darker. Ted was a bully and a tyrant. It had been his decision she shouldn't get a job, and that children for a woman as fragile as Nell were out of the question. But she'd gone along with it, grown to depend on him making decisions so she didn't have to. When Ted left, Nell was terrified, believing herself to be the hothouse flower he'd wanted. But instead of withering, she'd flourished, finding work, first as office manager at a local architecture firm, then parlaying her, useless, according to Ted, English degree into a more lucrative position ghostwriting the firm's business proposals. She had friends now, and colleagues who valued her opinion. You panicked, that's all. So you ran back to the one person who would be happy to tell you what to do. For a moment, a wave of self-disgust rivaled Nell's fear. She shook her head. Nothing could make her go back to living that way. Not even a monster next door. Nell sat in her kitchen. A practical place, neat and orderly. A good place to think. What next? The police? Hello, I need to report that my neighbor is what? A wereworm? He has a lovely garden, but the whole worm thing scares the shit out of me. Could you pop over and talk to him? They'd have her committed. Nell's skin prickled into goose flesh. What if Mr. Hurrah had seen her? What if he came over to shut her up? She ran to the front door and turned the deadbolt, for all the good it would do. In her imagination, a sea of worms already crashed against the house in pink, fleshy waves. Long, sinuous shapes pushed themselves through hidden gaps in the construction. Do worms have teeth? He never looked up, Nell said aloud. He was too busy coming apart. The doorbell rang. Nell's hand shot to her mouth, stifling a scream. There was a pause, then the sound of knuckles wrapping wood. 
Ms. Phillips, it's George Hurrah from next door. The knuckles rapped again. Nell counted to five, drawing a deep, silent breath with each number. Ms. Phillips, I can see your shadow on the curtain. Shit. It's late, Mr. Hurrah. What can I do for you? I wanted to apologize. Um, for the little show I put on earlier, I didn't think anyone could see into my yard. The night seemed so pleasant. I don't know what came over me. I'm really not in the habit of going outside stark naked. I didn't see anything, said Nell, hoping Hurrah couldn't hear the panic in her voice. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I could have sworn I saw you looking down at me from that little side window. No, now I really must get to bed. Good night, Mr. Hurrah. Nell listened for departing footsteps, but none came. I think you did see me, Miss Phillips. How long were you watching? His voice sounded more tired than threatening. But maybe that's how monsters sound right before they attack. This was all unfamiliar territory. Shut up! Can't you just shut up and go? This time no one could have missed the broken sob she spoke around. Ah, hell, said Hurrah. That long. We need to talk. I called the police. There was a long pause. No, I don't think you did. They would have been here by now. I think you're still in the am I nuts phase, or worried anyone you call will think you are. Why don't you come out on the porch? It's weird talking through the door like this. Talking through a door is weird? A bark of involuntary laughter escaped Nell's throat. I don't think it even makes the scale tonight. She would call the police if he didn't leave soon. They could take her to whatever mental hospital was closest. Maybe she'd be safe there. I see your point. Listen, please. I'm not a monster. I'm just different. I'm no danger to you. His words and the sheer stress of the situation snapped Nell's careening feelings into focused anger. Bullshit, she said. What? Nell gritted her teeth. She attached the chain, pushed the door open a few inches, and glared out at George Hurrah. I said bullshit. He wore clothes now, at least. The tan trousers and sweater vest made him seem more like an English professor than something from a horror story, but Nell knew better. I saw what you are, or what you become. But even if you were just some guy from down the street, you're standing on my porch refusing to leave, telling me you're not going to hurt me. I've seen this shit on the news. I know how it ends. Then George Hurrah did something unexpected. He blushed from the top of his bald head to the collar of his blue button-down shirt. I'm... I'm... His mouth hung open for a moment. I'm so sorry. You're right, of course. I'm going back to my house. He paused in mid-turn, raising his hands open-palmed toward Nell. I like it here, Miss Phillips. I like my house, the neighborhood. I don't want to leave. There were tears in the tall man's eyes. Go home, Mr. Hurrah. Hurrah nodded. Good night, Miss Phillips. Nell watched him walk back to his house and go inside. Then she stuffed towels under all the doors on the first floor. After those hardly adequate protections, she made herself tea, sat in the kitchen, and thought. It was a very long night.
Nell's head snapped up, springing from sleep to panicked alertness. She yanked her stiff legs from the kitchen tiles, seeing a floor seething with worms until she'd blinked the dream visions from her eyes. I'm alive, she said. That's something at least. Her laptop lay open on the counter. A magnified image of a lumbricus terrestris filled the screen. She shuddered. It turned out earthworms didn't have teeth after all. Somehow the fact didn't make her feel any better. She waited until ten o'clock. It was a Saturday and people were out now. Mrs. Henderson mowing her front lawn, kids riding by on their bikes. Neil walked over to Mr. Hurrah's house and knocked on the door. She wore long sleeves despite the summer heat, and her twilled trousers were tucked into knee-high boots. The clothes made her feel safer somehow. Hurrah answered her knock so fast she suspected he'd been waiting for her. Miss Phillips, he said. Thank you. For what? I'm just glad it's you, not the police or some reporter. It's early yet, Nell said. Torches and pitchforks look better at night. I'm hoping that's a joke. Only a little. I'm in a tough position here, Mr. Hurrah. Hurrah nodded. Do you want some tea? No, just answers. And we talk out here on the porch. Of course. They sat at the glass-topped patio table and stared at each other. What do you want to know? He asked. What are you? I grew up on a farm in Iowa. That's not what I asked. No, said Hurrah. But if you want to know about me, you're going to hear how we're alike, not just the worm stuff. Fine. I'm 39 years old. We probably grew up playing the same games, eating Frosted Flakes for breakfast. And watching Captain Kangaroo, I get it. You're an all-American boy. But what else are you? Are there more of you? I don't have any brothers or sisters. Reproduction is difficult for people like me. I was an accident. It was only my father and me growing up. Are you going to kill me? Jesus. I may not be human, but I'm not a werewolf. No claws or fangs. It's just, on a pretty regular basis, I need to transform into my other state. Worms. Yes, sort of. Certainly, like worms. I don't lose myself. I'm still me when I change. There's just a lot of... me. You don't talk about this much, do you? Of course not. And no one really explained it to me, either. My father was more a do-as-I-do sort of guy. He'd rather I'd never left the farm. Bottom line is that I'm a thinking, feeling person just like you. I run a lawn and garden service. I pay taxes. Watch the Super Bowl every year. I'm not a monster. I'm just different. And I don't want to be some government lab experiment or be burned as a witch. And if you spread around what you saw, that's going to happen. So tell me now so I can pack my very human Ford pickup and start over somewhere else. Nell stared at him for a long moment. She actually felt a little sorry for him. How did I become the bad guy here? Well? You own a lawn service? Isn't that sort of cheating? Nell chuckled. It was all too ridiculous. Hurrah sat frozen for a moment, then a reluctant grin spread across his face. Well... I like to think I'm working to my strengths. Nell laughed in earnest. 
When she'd finished and wiped her eyes, she still hadn't made up her mind about George Hurrah. But for the life of her, she couldn't feel afraid of the man. This might be horribly naive on my part, but I'm not ready to drive you out of your home. Nell stood and moved to the steps. And I have more questions. Of course, said Hurrah. Halfway to her yard, Nell remembered the frantic phone call to Ted the night before. Uh Uh-oh. She called again that night, got his voicemail. Ted, it's Nell. I wanted to apologize for my call last night. Turns out it was only a nightmare. As she spoke, Nell looked out the window at the wooden fence surrounding Hurrah's backyard, wondering if he was there and if he was himself. I feel so silly. Sorry to have bothered you. Say hi to Kelly. She cut the connection. Say hi to Kelly? She repeated and shook her head. What the hell is wrong with me? On Sunday afternoon, there was a knock on the door. Nell thought it might be her neighbor until a key turned in the lock. She snatched open the door to reveal her ex-husband, Ted, in the doorway. You aren't supposed to have a key, she said. Well, hello to you, too. I kept a copy in case of emergencies, like when my wife calls in the middle of the night about monsters. Ted's blonde hair swept straight back now instead of parting at the side. Blue jeans replaced the business casual khakis he'd always favored. He looked fit and tan. Kelly must be the outdoorsy type. I want that key, Nell said. Fine, and I want an explanation. And maybe a thank you for driving out here to make sure you're okay. He slid the house key along the ring as he spoke until it came off in his hand. I called you back. It was only a nightmare. So my wife is hallucinating naked neighbors who turn into worms. Oh no, nothing to worry about there. That's the second time you called me your wife. It's ex-wife, Ted. Or did the whole divorce thing slip your mind? How does Kelly feel about you checking up on me? It's Carrie, and she can think whatever she damn well pleases. A man has responsibilities. There was anger in Ted's voice and not toward her. Trouble in paradise, maybe. Not that Nell cared. She almost told him where he could stick his responsibilities, but instead began to feel guilty. Ted had that effect on her. No matter how much of an asshole he acted like, he believed he was being noble. In a twisted, selfish way, he cared. Let's not fight. Nell walked out and sat on the porch steps, patting a spot beside her. Ted joined her. I'm really all right, she said. Not a monster, then? Nell sighed. George is a very nice man. George, is it? Are you dating? Nell's shoulders slumped. She bit her lip and counted to five before answering. You don't get to ask me that, Ted. Thanks for coming out, but you should go now. He stood. Fine. I think about you, Nell. You know that? We had some good times. Leave the key, Ted. Ted opened his hand, and the house key fell on the step. Over the next few weeks, Nell had more conversations with George Hurrah, on his porch or sometimes her own. At first, they were almost interrogations. What does changing feel like? It hurts, actually. Quite a bit, in fact. But after, when I'm no longer singular, it feels amazingly freeing. As weeks turned into months, the conversations changed. 
They talked less about George's condition and more about everyday life, how Nell's office politics were going, the odd customers George dealt with in his lawn business, and about Ted. Nell told George about her calls after she'd witnessed his transformation, and about Ted's visit. He seemed more jealous than concerned about my well-being. I think dreaming of a man turning into worms struck him as a bit Freudian. Texts came after. Ted checking in, asking about the mortgage or house repairs, letting her know he still thought about her while at the same time telling her what to do. A bully's idea of sweet talk. He even called once, drunk, I think, complaining about his girlfriend. I hung up on him. On a Thursday night, while drinking tea on Nell's porch swing, George brought up his own social life. I dated quite a bit when I was younger. Regular women, like you. Well, you know, not able to change. I grew quite attached a few times, but I always broke things off. Didn't seem fair, them not knowing and all. He said it all in a rush, staring at the floor. Oh, said Nell, surprised to find herself blushing. Their first date was at a local Italian restaurant. They drank wine and laughed a lot. George ordered the risotto, much to Nell's relief. The idea of him sucking pasta into his mouth would have been too much like his transformation in reverse. I'm on a date with a monster, she thought, and I'm having a wonderful time. She kissed him in the driveway before they parted, a small kiss, quick and almost dainty but the memory of it warmed her for hours. It was well past midnight when the knock on the door came. She'd been reading on the couch, too pleased to go to bed despite the lateness of the hour. Don't ruin it, George, she thought. I'm taking this slow. But she smiled as she approached the door and her stomach filled with a warm excitement. Ted stood on the porch. Dark half-moons hung beneath his eyes, and his tan seemed sallow under the porchlight's yellow glare. In his skinny jeans, Nell's ex-husband looked like the poster child for midlife crisis. I've done it. I've cast her off, Nell. Are you drunk? It was a rhetorical question. Bourbon soaked his words. You're not listening to me. It's over. I'm coming home. Kelly's thrown you out? Carrie, Ted said, and we've parted ways. Differences of opinion. You mean she had one? Ted flinched as if Nell's words were a blow. I'm not here to talk about Carrie, he said, raising his voice. I realized the truth that night you called. You need someone to take care of you. And to be honest, I need someone to take care of. He made the words sound like an accusation and a plea at the same time. I don't want to be taken care of, Ted. The call was a mistake. Without thinking, she shot a quick, worried glance at George's house. And I rang back. I told you it was only a nightmare. George is harmless. George, you are seeing him, aren't you? It's understandable, of course. You're fragile now. You need someone with a firm hand in your life. Ted nodded, and there was something distant in his voice, as if he spoke not to Nell, but himself. What he doesn't understand is it's me you need, not some nudist. 
You leave right now, Ted, or I swear you'll spend the night in jail. Ted ignored her. You stay here. I'm going to have a little talk with your George. He needs to understand the lay of the land. Ted walked across the yard toward George's porch. Leave him alone. You're not in your right mind. Nell ran toward the back of George's house. She tried the gate entrance, but it was locked. If George was asleep in bed, fine, the police could handle Ted. But what if he was changing? She yelled and slammed her open palm against the wood. George, my ex-husband is here. He's acting crazy. The sound of running feet came from the front gate. Ted slammed his shoulder into the gate right beside her. Nell screamed in surprise. She grabbed Ted's arm, and he gave her a shove that sent her reeling. He slammed into the entrance again, grunting with the impact. Stop it, Nell yelled. On the third try, wood splintered and the gate burst inward. Inside, George Hurrah knelt naked in the grass. Half his head and most of his right arm had already changed. Worms slithered down his torso to the ground. Jesus Christ, Ted said. He turned to Nell, a condescending smile stretching across his face. He's done something to you, Nell. Bewitched you somehow, but I'll sort it out. Cordwood lay stacked against the fence's interior. A hatchet jutted up from a thick log. Ted snatched it up and marched toward George. Nell scrambled to her feet and ran after him. With no hesitation, Ted crossed the yard and swung the hatchet at George's rapidly changing head. Worms showered onto the grass. Leave him alone, Nell shouted. It's all right, Nell. I'm here now. Ted reared back for another blow. George lifted his one solid arm. The hatchet bit deep into the still human flesh. Blood poured down. He'd be screaming, she thought. If his head were still there, he'd be screaming. Worms swarmed over Ted's shoes and up his pants leg, but he took no notice. He swung the hatchet again. George's arm cartwheeled through the air, a trail of blood and worms streaming out behind it. The sight of George's sheared-off arm broke Nell's paralysis. She stepped to the woodpile and picked up a log as thick as her forearm. Crossing to Ted, Nell swung the log like a baseball bat, striking him in the ribs with a thunk. Ted grunted, but his smile didn't falter. You need me, Nell. Everything's going to be fine now. Nell braced herself and swung again. This time with all the rage of fifteen years of bad marriage behind the blow. The log slammed into the side of Ted's head, leaving a two-inch dent behind. Blood filled the dent, turning Ted's blonde hair a muddy red. Ted froze, dropped the hatchet, then fell to his knees. Worms crawled up his sides. Just wanted to take care of you, he said. The words came out soft and dripping blood. Then wriggling shapes filled Ted's mouth and he collapsed to the ground, disappearing under the writhing mass of George's worms. A few minutes later, both Ted and the worms were gone, leaving only dark, turned earth. Well, not all gone, Nell thought. A few yards away, where George's arm had landed, a smaller pile of worms still crawled on the surface. Why didn't they go with the rest? The worms' movements slowed, and they began to knit back together. What they formed was not an arm, 
Oh, my God, said Nell. The tiny shape took a hitching breath and began to cry. The baby that had been George's arm looked only a few weeks old. Nell remembered George's words on the day she'd first confronted him. Reproduction is hard on my kind. I was an accident. When George emerged from the earth again, Nell sat on the deck, holding the tiny red-haired newborn. George walked past the two of them to the clothes he'd left folded neatly on an Adirondack chair and dressed. He had two arms again, but Nell thought he stood a few inches shorter. There are things you didn't tell me. George didn't speak. It's a girl, Nell said, and shifted the child onto her shoulder. For a while, things were sort of undecided down there. Then she changed. She stared down into the baby's huge blue eyes and couldn't help but smile a little. The red hair is new, too. George knelt in front of the chair and patted the child on the leg. We imprint on the first person we see. Sex, the hair, the eyes. She's going to look like you. Not exactly, but close. I'm glad. Can you watch her a little while longer? I need to pack. What? I killed your husband, Nell. Ted was deranged and attacked you with a hatchet. Besides, I killed him. Nell again saw the deep, bloody dent in her husband's temple. I killed him. She shook her head in disbelief. You just disposed of the body. What? Where exactly did you? Did you bury him? I didn't eat him, if that's what you're thinking. He's someplace far away and very deep. I can move fast when I need to. No one's going to find him. But the police don't always need a body. His hand went from the child to Nell's hand. I can't stay, Nell. There's bound to be inquiries. We, the baby and I, can disappear. You'll be safe. Don't make decisions for me, Nell said. I hate when people do that. She didn't feel guilty. Maybe that would come, along with grief for a man she'd once loved. But right now, she only felt determined. You grew your arm back. How? It's only a matter of shifting things about. Could you look like someone else if you shifted enough? Ted, for example? Even the hair? George considered it. I probably couldn't fool his wife, but in general, yes. Later that night, Ted was caught on tape buying coffee at a gas station near his home. Authorities discovered his sporty hybrid a week later, parked on the shore of Lake Erie. Ted's clothes lay folded on a large stone at the water's edge. His girlfriend left him, a kindly police officer told Nell. His co-workers said he'd been acting erratically ever since. We followed his footsteps to the water's edge. There was no note. Sometimes they just don't leave notes. A year later, George pulled Nell's Honda onto Highway 86 West. You sure about this? He asked. He'd seemed leery of the trip when Nell suggested it, but she thought he'd also been pleased. Nell looked back at Lily, asleep in her car seat. Yes, I'm sure. Your dad should meet his granddaughter, and me for that matter. Maybe I can even get him to tell me the story of how you were born? I told you he doesn't like to talk about it. It's considered impolite to ask about our accidents of birth. Nell groaned. Okay, fine. But only so you don't spend the whole trip interrogating Dad. 
I am the son of a loving, if slightly clumsy, father and the hay baler he bumped into. That's the whole story. Happy? Nell leaned over and kissed George on the neck. I am, she said. I really am. Although... What? Wouldn't it be nice if Lily had a little brother? Nell squeezed George's arm. Does your dad still own that hay baler? That was Frank Orito's The Worm's Turn, as read by Avon Shore. Avon Shore is an audiobook narrator, beekeeper, and friend to chickens. She lives and works from a home studio in the woods of rural Canada. Thank you, Avon. Well, children of the night, the hour is late. And we've run out of tales to tell. For now. Tales to Terrify is made possible by the tremendous generosity of our supporters on Patreon and PayPal. Incredible fans like Lessel Baxter, Paul Belcher, Amanda Carrillo, Amanda Gottfried, and Orion D. Higra, whose generous support helps keep the lights on and flickering ominously. Not a supporter already? Head over to patreon.com slash tales to terrify, where you'll find all kinds of perks, like ad-free episodes, bonus content, and one-of-a-kind collectibles and merch packs. Every dollar goes back into this show to make it as horrific as possible, and we appreciate it so much. Want another way to support the show that doesn't cost a cent? Head over to Podchaser, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, and leave us a five-star rating or review. You'll not only put an unnaturally wide smile on our faces, but help new listeners discover our terrifying tales, too. Why not share your love of the show out in the world with some Tales to Terrify merch? TalesToTerrify.com slash merch will take you to our Tee Public store, where we've got a great collection of creepy custom and curated designs so you can show those around you just how twisted you truly are. Tales to Terrify is produced by Seth Williams, Meredith Morgenstern, Andrew Gibson, Crystal Hammond, Spencer Desparty, and myself, Drew Sebastini, with original theme by Nebulous Entertainment. Tales to Terrify is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Join us again next week as we succumb to the voices in the dark with more Tales to Terrify.
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 